Broadcasting live from the Ether Hub on the Plain of Kaladesh Remastered, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. My name is Graham. Joining me, as always, is Nelson. Hi there. And Cameron. Hello as well. And we are doing part two of our 2020 year in review. Last week we got from Theros Beyond Death up to Double Masters. Meaning, judging by the spreadsheet, we have a lot of ground to catch up. <laughs> but before we do, a reminder that the show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR. Doing that little slash LRR there puts our code on there. That tells them that we sent you, and we do that because uh, we think they're great. So that that helps us out to let them know that uh, we're sending uh, you over there. And if you say loading ready run sent me button, please, they will give you a little fun one inch button, which currently I believe we are still on Omnath was ejected. So grab one of those. I'm, I I want to see how those turned out. So definitely send me a send me a, a picture if you get one of those. And this show, of course, is also brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. And we really appreciate it. 2020 continued to roll on we left off with zendikar rising coming out in september still feels fairly recent because what is time anymore but yeah this was sort of the i think we even talked about this at the time that this was like the the zendikar do-over the sort of like okay 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 we know we didn't quite land it on battle for zendikar so now we're going back to zendikar but it's actually going to be the kind of zendikar that everybody liked the first time and i think that we're pretty successful in that yeah, I mean, I, I feel you can measure the Zendikariness of a set by its inclusion of a Hedron Crab. And this one kind of had a Hedron Crab. So <laughs> it did, you know, plus one. It must be nice for design to have these binaries to get to work with, right? Absolutely. No Hedron Crab, it's not Zendikar. I'm sorry, I don't make the rules. I mean, they've tested the, the theory now, right? Like, it must be a mm -hmm. fact. It does seem to have a strong correlation. Yeah, you can replicate the the results. No, the, yeah, Zendikar Rising was was super fun. I mean, you know, we had Landfall was back again, which I think is sort of the, I would say, defining keyword of Zendikar. And we talked about that at the time as well. But when they did Battle for Zendikar, Landfall, it felt like they were sort of gun shy on Landfall in Battle for Zendikar. How it was, I mean, obviously it was very powerful originally, and I think that they were maybe afraid of making it too powerful. And in this set, I think it is appropriately powerful. Again, obviously, there's the massive outlier of, as we mentioned when I was talking about the button just now, of Omnath. But nearly every set this year has had one sort of design mistake. And yeah. maybe we can talk about that as a whole later, but I'm not going to judge Zendikar Rising totally on the fact that Omnath was in it. Yeah, I mean, I remember some comments on Omnath being like, what, you don't get the third landfall trigger again on fourth or fifth lands? I don't know. It doesn't seem very good. Right. It's okay, you just recast the Omnath off of a Genesis Ultimatum. Then then you can start rebuying those triggers again, because you have a new Omnath. Gestures with approval at Nelson. Well, approval's a strong word, but like, you know what I mean, right? Like, yeah. Got your back. Yeah, absolutely. You are correct. But yeah, I the, the, the power level of landfall in the limited environment felt like the correct application of fire, right? Mm -hmm. If you can say that that applies to like every card in the set that it felt like you were doing fun things with landfall right it wasn't it also just wasn't like a a you know a giant growth on an 01 right for landfall it had other applications that felt like they fell within color pie and i enjoyed that a lot like it felt like you were doing the thing you were doing the thing to do the other thing so general kudos from me on this set at least in the limited environment 
Mm-hmm. Over in Constructed, we have some interesting cards that came out of this set, too. The Rogue's archetype is real and standard and has been, you know, variously, you know, on the tiers. And then also you can even play Rogue's and Historic. So the printing of, you know, Soaring Thought Thief, really a cool, a cool one for this deck. Some of the other cards came from other sets. There's probably another Rogue from Zendikar, but that's the one I think of first. And then I, th- I think it's called the Asharn. There's like a weird legendary boar. That's a green white creature. That's like a, you know, a hate bear. Like it stops your opponents from doing some of their things. Maybe we can get that one up on the screen. And that's been a kind of neat card that's pushed the Sultai control decks to try to include white as well when they're trying to have answers for everything and yeah. been an important card for the meta. And I think a fairly well-designed card. Once again, limited. I had a lot of fun with it in, in draft and sealed, and it was a fun thing to play. And I also, you know, it's it was funny that it's, you know, for once I was like, ooh, there's this fun deck that I like to draft, which was Black White Life Gain. And then it turned out that that was <laughs> the best deck in the limited format. The the Black White Clerics deck was ludicrous. A big thing that came out of Zendikar Rising was, of course, the, I wish there was a better way to talk about these cards, the modal double-faced cards. The MDFCs? Not a card type that sort of trips off the tongue, because you want to say like double-faced cards, but they're different. They're, they they don't transform. They're not transform cards like the werewolves or whatever from Innistrad. They're just, you know, they're they're these modal cards with two sides. The lands, I think, are very elegant, actually, The just the dual lands. And they're already coming back in Kaldheim. I thought it was kind of interesting because we saw, I think it was six of them in Zendikar Rising. And the other four are in Kaldheim. Yeah, these pathways, the the modal double face dual lands, we're going to get a complete set for standard <laughs> coming out in the next set. Yeah, and then there's a secret lair coming out that has the four Kaldheim ones with Zendikar art and the six Zendikar ones with Kaldheim art. So it is possible through the secret lair to have a full set of 10 on whichever plane <laughs> you prefer. Huh. So yeah, those are just very nice and clean but yeah the actual spell cards is really interesting so in draft it's kind of cool because you can basically sort of depending on the quality of the spell you can sort of treat it as a spell or a or a land like if i get i don't know like spike field hazard right it's a single red mana instant deal of damage to something and if the creature would die then it gets exiled that's fine that's not like a very exciting spell so i'll just count that as a land so i'll just run one fewer land that's fine right? It's like if I draw this earlier in the game, whatever, it's a land. And there's enough creatures that bounce lands that maybe later in the game I can return it if I desperately need it or whatever. And so it meant that you could just run more spells in your in your draft decks, which was sweet. But Nelson, you were saying that there's some that are sort of seeing play in, in Constructed. You were talking about Emiria's Call, which can turn into Emiria Shattered Skyclave. That's the one. It's four white, white, white sorcery. Create two, four, four angels with flying and non-angel creatures you control gain indestructible until your next turn, which I've never read that second half there, which <laughs> curious what that does. And then the, is it the fling? No, it's the uh, the fireball or the, the sweeper for creatures. It only targets creatures and planeswalkers, but shatter skull smashing red, red and X and, you know, divide X damage as you choose between any number of planeswalkers and creatures but then if it's like six or more i think it's doubled so you get you get a, a deal on wiping their whole board or whatever mm-hmm. all all of these um these spell lands that can come into play untapped are i think going to be a consideration for constructed decks you know going mm-hmm. forward it's just such a great advantage to be able to choose to 
sacrifice a little bit of life to have a, that extra power in your deck, extra spells, just like just like how you like having extra spells in draft. So yeah, the red one deals damage to creatures. The white one, as we talked about, makes angels. The black one can reanimate a bunch of creatures from your graveyard. The blue one draws a bunch of cards. And the green one can try to find a creature in, I think, the top seven cards of your library. And the red and white ones I've seen the most in, in deck lists, although I believe the, the rogues deck does play the black one. I haven't seen too many people playing the blue ones and the green one just in mono green. But, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, free real estate meme or whatever, you know, three life or your land into play tapped is such a small price to pay for, you know, squeezing a little bit of extra advantage into your deck list that I think we'll probably keep seeing these cards, you know, getting included in any, you know, eternal decks that could possibly get up to the mana to cast them. Yeah. And they also, the land side is a sort of a, I mean, I guess it's a bolt land or they, I don't know, is that what they're being called? Because they're not shock lands, but they can enter untapped if you pay three life. I, you know, I'm not even sure what the nickname is for this one. So this one's, it's their, their spells on one side and land on the other. I want to kind of check the uh, Zendikar Rising FAQ. Maybe this cycle already has a name. Yeah, just the, just the MDFCs, right? Like ju- they're just called the modal double face cards. And as we said, yeah, they still need a nickname, but these are the potentially untapped ones. So I don't know, yeah, whether we want to call them bolt lands or bolt spells or bolt MDFCs, but certainly this is the, they're all the strongest of them are these, these five mythics Mm -hmm. where you have the option to put them into play untapped. Although Spikefield Hazard, as mentioned earlier, has gotten a ton of play and constructed already as well. Yeah. But yeah, we're, we're, we're waiting for you, our community to help us nickname these mobile double face cards because we need to keep Hmm. talking about them. Yeah. They're super important as it turns out. Anything else we want to touch on in Zendikar Rising? As a whole, before we move on? I think I've spoken my piece about it. I'm pretty happy with it. I enjoyed it. I felt like Zendikar Rising was a success in what I feel like they were trying to do. I can't know exactly what they were trying to do, but it felt like a fun set, and I'm glad that they that they did it. The next one, two months later, their next big release, Commander Legends, a draftable commander set, he said with an upwards inflection, like it's a question. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of a wild thing. It was fun to hear when we interviewed Gavin Verhey at the PPR how a discussion with Jeremy Petter at GEP Vancouver many years ago had sort of sparked the impetus for this set's creation of like, what? but what if you could draft Commander? And now obviously only drafted it the one time, but boy, it was super fun and it worked really well. And I'm so impressed with sort of how they managed to solve it. I like that I like that they came to the conclusion that a drafted commander deck is 60 cards, because if a normal constructed deck is 60 and a draft is 40, then a normal commander deck is 100. And so then a drafted commander deck is 60, because that's a deck size that people already sort of know. And the fact that there were two legends in every pack and so many of them had partner made it really easy to not get completely messed out of a completely mess out of a draft that you don't get yourself backed into a corner in terms of the colors you're picking and yeah i was so impressed with how this ended up landing me too i thought it was it felt like commander to me which you know is kind of the (laughs) i guess that's kind of the test for the success of a set called commander legends but i enjoyed it for what little i was able to play of it i really enjoyed that basically whatever nonsense you thought you were forcing during the draft was usually a supported strategy yeah i found that i was able to basically just sort of go no i'm gonna just take these colors and it worked out okay and i don't know if that was a i don't know if that's a case of how our table was or if that's just sort of how it goes but i i 
feel like you're certainly able to do that. I've also done it sealed twice, once at the PPR, which granted that was eight packs, which is not standard. And then actually three times I've done it again for a Friday night paper fight. And that, well, actually, no, then once for the CFB thing, but that's not, that's not sealed. That's like booster box that, which is, that's just a, <laughs> that's just ridiculous. Take us, but, give us an aside though, and tell us how that went. Uh, it's just too many cards. <laughs> it's just opening a whole box and it's just like, okay, what am I going to do here? How am I going to cut this down to a, to a proper <laughs> pile of, pile of cards? But that at least was a hundred, but that is singleton. Whereas this set was designed that it wouldn't be singleton. It was, you know, it's, it, I'm happy with how my deck turned out, but like so much analysis paralysis in that situation. But yeah, they added something like 70 new legendary creatures. So, so much variety out there for commander players. And they added a bunch of cards that I feel as a very casual commander player and by which i don't mean like the power level of my decks i mean i don't play commander that often i i dabble in it but i am not an invested player who knows all of the the tech and all of the cards that you're meant to include and everything they added cards that to me feel like cards that are really interesting and fun in commander that can support existing strategies or potentially create new ones without just like warping the format and being absolute auto includes and i include the lotus in that because i don't think the lotus is actually that good <laughs> yeah i think we we managed to call that one correctly and everyone sort of caught up to us it has its moments mm. right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but f as far as blowing up the format goes it turns out it did not i felt like this set was a real slam dunk you know, at the beginning of the year, we learned about it or late last year, we learned about it. And, uh, you know, it, it kind of promised to be a lot of things and it was doing some something very new. And so it was a big challenge. And then, you know, after getting to play with it just once and, and looking at the cards, I, f I feel like this set. Well, I almost never buy a box and I also almost never play commander like, you know, mo half of maybe maybe three quarters of my commander games have like been on camera. And I went out and bought a box just because I wanted to have one. So, yeah, yep. this this set got me more excited to play commander. Commander, and I'm really stoked that more commander players got to play draft. It's a shame that just like Double Masters, this one was only available online on Magic Online and couldn't be on Arena because mm -hmm. I want to play more of it, but they just don't have a system in place on Arena for sets like this, which is a shame. And I mean, yes, I have Magic Online and could probably go play it, but I'm not going to. <laughs> Well, we should all be able to get vaccinated by September. So hopefully our LGS will have the, the boxes and we can do some in-store drafts at least next year. We're going to be doing a lot of catch up. Yeah. So many drafts to catch up on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It's going to be so good. I'm just going to crack packs and like hand things to people. Now, 2020 was also like the year of Commander. I don't know that that's necessarily a special thing that makes it different from forthcoming years because it sounds like there's more Commander stuff coming down the pipeline but there was commander 2020 back in april the like normal commander release which was five decks sort of thematically tied to icoria so it, it was like commander 2020 was also icoria commander like they did a lot of stuff that was tied in with the decks this year so there was those five there were the zendikar rising commander decks which i have not seen at all just because I haven't had a chance to. There was also mm. Commander Legends Commander decks, and there was the Commander Collection Green. These are all like sort of extra bonus commander stuff. So I think the Commander 2020, I think tying that into Ikoria was really interesting because it let them do more with the mechanics of the set and the flavor and the world of the set and really flesh stuff out without worrying about massively warping 
draft or standard. Agreed. Yeah, I also really like that. Very smart move on their part. And I realize that I've honestly barely interacted with these as well. It's unfortunate, right? Because it's like this is a lot of the making 2020 the year of Commander It is a real bummer when it Commander is such an in-person social activity and that couldn't happen for a majority of the year because i honestly i know very little about the ikoria commander decks the zendikar commander decks or even the commander legends commander decks yeah i just have not been able to i guess i've not been incentivized to pay attention to these Mm -hmm. because i just can't you know you can't play them right like there's some cards i wanted for canadian highlander so i went out and picked one up one of the ikoria ones mm-hmm. and actually ended up getting the wrong one because i misread the spoiler but i still really like the deck i picked up i picked up calamax but i was trying to get that whale that has delve and then lets you cast spells that you delved away but yeah there were so many commander deck lists released that i i guess i'm realizing now i don't even know what new cards for canadian highlander from the last couple i should be trying to figure out but yeah these were these were pretty cool releases i don't know i didn't i didn't hear anything terrible about them generally box commander decks do really well like every time they've come out it's like sweet a commander deck that i might have otherwise paid 200 dollars for that now i can buy for 50 mm-hmm. i think we actually had the zendikar ones kicking around at the office and we should probably just play those on a paper fight at some point yeah the the most recent release of those that i mentioned was commander collection green which is sort of like they've done these signature spell book things in the past which actually we're going to talk about one of those in a moment too but this was a selection of commander relevant cards focused on green that you could get i have one in front of me actually that you could get in a like fun little box and they all have new art and uh new potentially new flavor and they're sort of you know cards that would be good in a green commander deck and it's funny because it's like it's the commander collection green and two of the cards of the eight cards are command tower and sol ring (laughs) and on the one hand it's like well those aren't green are they but on the other hand you always want more command towers and sol rings so i'm not even that annoyed about it and they both have new like green focused art on them so it's like Mm -hmm. oh you know this is actually pretty cool yeah i I think that's a fun design space to play around in. Like, can we make this nominally, you know, this colorless card feel green? Because Mm -hmm. green players will use it, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe we can give it some art theming that really kind of like helps it feel at home in the deck. Yeah, I'm just hoping they give us four more commander collections with command towers and soul rings included too, though. Then you can like make a mosaic out of them or whatever it feels like that's definitely the idea and i i hope i hope that they continue to continue to follow through on that i also really like that these were lgs exclusive things that you know it gave me an excuse to like go and help support the local game store of course they only got the foil version if they've been a very very good local game store based on whatever metrics those are decided by yeah yellow jacket recently moved and is in a cool new space now so there's a chance they're going to apply for a premium but yeah it is a bit of of hoop jumping to try to become a wpn premium store yeah yj's new space though very nice Mm -hmm. yeah stoked that happened goodbye old floor that no one liked so yeah i think the commander collection is a cool idea I, I'm generally in favor of this kind of thing, and I'm glad that it's an LGS exclusive. I also like the signature spell books. The The third one came out this year. It was signature spell book Chandra and included, you know, eight cards sort of, if not functionally, then now with new art flavorfully centered around Chandra Nalar. And so there was an actual Chandra and there's Cathartic Reunion, Fiery Confluence, Past and Flames, Pyroblast, Pyromancer Ascension, Rite of Flame, and Young Pyromancer. Of course, the Chandra fanboy, canonically Chandra fanboy, Young young Pyromancer. And each with cool new card frame that's on fire. 
which is which is very cool and i don't know i think i think these things are cool too i also just went and picked one of these up from the from the lgs when they came out i dig them i think these are a fun way to do to do a little i i think i like these better than the secret layer because i can just walk down to the lgs and buy it and i don't have to (laughs) fart around with you know shipping and worrying about when i'm allowed to order it agreed actually that's huh i hadn't really thought about it in those terms but yeah the treating these like secret layer planeswalker clarifies a bit of things for me secret layer lgs edition (laughs) yeah but i don't know i i think these have all been really good little sets to pick up they feel like hits to me i really enjoyed the jace one and this one has kind of like it hits all the right notes Mm -hmm. way back in february was another ancillary release that i didn't get much of an opportunity to check out i don't actually think i ever had a chance to play it but there was a new unset kind of called unsanctioned which was a silver border set as like a ready to play head-to-head box where it was five 30 card pre-constructed decks and the idea is that two players sit down across from one another and each take two of those decks and sort of slam them together in a, into a 60 card deck so you get you know it's like i'll take red and blue and you take white and green and then we'll just shuffle these up and then we'll play and then afterwards we split them back up and put them back in the box and we can play again another time and there was a bunch of reprints from unglued and unhinged and unstable and a hascon promo (laughs) and then a bunch of other new silver border cards it seemed like a fine idea i don't know i never got a chance to play it i love the draft so much the draft portion of unstable so much that i i feel like that's a big thing that you would miss from this experience but i don't know what did did either of you get a chance to do anything with this i played it on stream we had i want to say adam and myself i'm pretty pretty sure we we played this as like a either an fmpf or like a crossing the streams or something like i forgot that we streamed it you're right i wasn't on that stream pretty sure we did it yeah i want to say i don't know james or or camera either of you on it maybe Mm -hmm. i want to I feel like Jeremy White was on it, but that doesn't seem right either because I think he moved away by that. I was not. I have not been able to play this at all. Okay, well, I played it. It was fun. Yeah, I mean, a little bit like dual decks, but but wackier or a little bit like, you know, Jumpstart turned out to be right where you kind of pick two halves of something and put them together. Hmm. And yeah, the, the lands were gorgeous. I mean, that was like the main takeaway from it was just this had new full art lands that were akin to the original unset unglued lands. Or is it unhinged? I can't remember what. I think I glued the first one. <laughs> Anyways, so they had the like oval sort of border border that makes an oval of art, and then the the land art kind of bleeds out of that oval, and they're really pretty. And you would get like one of each land in foil, and several in in non foil as well, but not like a not like a ton. Like you just got two or three of these lands, but they're really pretty. And yeah, the games were fun. Yeah, I I never got to play this. And honestly, like Unstable set a very high bar for me. I I joked at the time that like Unstable was probably the sweatiest magic I had ever played. (laughs) And only as I was saying it, did I realize it was true. And by that, I mean, like in, I know it's in Destiny. I don't know if it's bored from other FPS or PvP games, but like 
sweaty play is when you are like really focusing hard and maybe trying a bit too hard mm-hmm. because the intensity is quite high. And I was not expecting Unstable to to do that. But wow, were those games like those were some tight games. And I did not Unsanctioned did not project that feel for me. And I don't know why, but it didn't didn't compel me to play it in the same way that Uns- Unstable did, which is probably unfair. I think it is fair. No, I, I like that take, actually, because Unstable was just like a very excellent product. And I think this product, while it was pretty, had like a little bit less polish to it. Like it was a little hmm. bit less work put into it. I did like that there were some of the cards that were reprinted. There were some changes made. So for example, Johnny Combo Player, originally printed in Unhinged, has had the art on the cards flying around him updated to be the cards that are actually mentioned in the flavor text. Oh, really? Whoa. I definitely didn't notice that. That's the incredible. flavor text is just wait till I get my Clark Clan Ironworks Genesis Chamber and Grinding Station. Oh, yeah. And a second Mirror Retriever. And now those are the cards that are flying around Johnny <laughs> as opposed to uh, whichever ones they are before, which I can't quite tell what some of them are from the distance that I'm reading them. Also, they reprinted Look at Me, I'm R&D. Mm-hmm. And in Unhinged, Look at Me, I'm R&D was one of the R&D printed cards with a bunch of updated scribbles and the reprint in unsanctioned now all those scribbles have been have been taken on board as corrections and so the card is now printed in that form but now with new changes mind blown i take what i said back about not being polished enough (laughs) (laughs) yeah well that's really thoughtful yeah there's you know there's definitely definitely a couple little little things where they they had they had some fun with it which is which is which is nice all right well again when i can see a human being in person again i'm going to try and get a hold of the box of this and see i mean i guess we have one in the office so we can we can do that if you want to watch the vod of it james nelson adam and surge played it around the end of february so it should be on this very youtube channel (laughs) yeah i guess i i want to refine what i said sorry it's like you know, the unstable draft is sort of an expert level product, and this feels more like a beginner level product, but for uns- unsing or for unsets, right? So it's like unset dual decks or unset intro packs. Mm-hmm. Unset jumpstart is what it turned out to feel the most like, right? But it yeah. creates jumpstart. Fair enough. So there were also kind of two other sets released sort of on Arena this year in August, and then very quickly again in November. So back in August, they released Amonkhet Remastered on Arena. And we'd known that this was coming for some time. This is a thing that they had talked about because in the beta, earlier in Arena's life before full release, Amonkhet was on Arena. I remember playing it, but it hasn't been on Arena. And so people were like, well, can you release? Why not just release Amonkhet? Because you got the code for it somewhere, right? Don't you? Can't you just do it? And they didn't want to do it that way because they felt it would, I don't know, be too confusing or mess with historic or whatever. So what they decided to do was mash the two sets together, Amonkhet and Hour of Devastation, and put them together as Amonkhet Remastered, which I think is fine because, I mean, that was before everything was sort of limited to individual sets and releasing just Amonkhet and then just Hour of Devastation is not how the arena audience is used to sets being released also with like Mm. the big set and the small set and then you have to draft the two things together kind of and so yeah i can i can see why that might be a problem and the result was amonkhet remastered which was cards from amonkhet and hour of devastation and at least one card from the random planeswalker decks at least one (laughs) and it was it was fun it was actually a neat it was a unique experience that put me in mind of drafting in amonkhet block without being exactly the same 
Yeah, it felt like, you know, kind of like playing, I don't know, some kind of HD remaster of a game that came out when you were a teenager. Yeah. And you're like, I don't even get it. Why did they need to do an HD remaster of this? That game was an HD, right? And then you look at old screenshots of it and you're like, oh, but this felt like... <laughs> That's an amazing analogy. Well, right, because like your brain kind of upsamples things and, and exaggerates the qualities of it. And I felt that this felt like what I remember playing Amonkhet was like when I was a teenager. Whoops, I mean, four years ago. Yeah. And I also have a very like fond memory of drafting in Amonkhet Remastered, where I was looking at, I had ordered some food, mm -hmm. and I had a draft deck, and my delivery driver was like 10 minutes away, but I was playing Boros. So I got in another game. Mm-hmm. Right. And then had a couple of minutes to like put on my shoes because the Boros <laughs> deck in Amonkhet Remastered was unreasonable, right? Like, oh, mm, I want to go play it again. <laughs> I'm also hoping they bring Amonkhet Remastered back again soon. Like, I guess I got to be that, that, that player. Like, oh, great. It's a Boros deck. But it felt so good to just kind of do the math and blow someone out of their boots, right? By like turn four or five. Red in general and Boros in specific, I think were really important in the first Amonkhet like release on paper and also in this remastered set. I really like these remastered sets because the sort of current philosophy of draft is just like just one set. And I like that. I like the move to just just drafting one pack at a time because I think over the years we've sort of learned that these are the formats people like the most like you know triple Innistrad or maybe triple Zendikar as an opposite answer like the original Zendikar set you know you, you can get all these archetypes and the draft format's kind of busted and weird but it's still sort of satisfying to be like drafting a pack knowing there's another pack of the same things coming rather than you know the old two and three set blocks where you have to kind of gamble that you're gonna get the payoffs from the earlier sets which are the later packs right so I I hope they do more of these. Like, I wouldn't mind playing through any old set that had two or three sets and playing the remastered version. Yeah, and mm -hmm. and that was borne out by people playing it and enjoying it because they they definitely. I think there was. I I got the impression from the updates from the arena team that they had intended this more as a way to inject Amonkhet cards into historic but decided to also make it a fun draft and then were seemingly surprised by how much people drafted it, by how much they enjoyed doing that to the point that they had a plan. I don't even remember what it was that got canceled or pushed back, but they were working on a different release and then realized, hey, this is actually not a good draft. <laughs> so we're going to put it away for now until we make it fun. And instead, we're going to do Kaladesh Remastered and get that out very quickly. And you'll have that in November instead. That's fascinating. I wonder what thing got put on the back burner now. I've just looked it up. They were going to be doing Pioneer Masters. Whoa. Yeah. Huh. That was going to be an arena only Pioneer Masters thing. And they said that they've sent it back to the concepting phase so they can iterate on what they've learned from Amonkhet Remastered. Quote, when we originally concepted Pioneer Remasters, we put a heavy emphasis on constructed play staples. And while this remains a guiding star, we're going to use this time to get more playtesting in to ensure the limited environment is just as fun. Because they obviously realized, wait, if we make it fun to draft, it'll actually make more money, probably. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Not, not unreasonable. Not an unreasonable realization to have, I think.
Yeah. <laughs> I do like the idea, though, that they were maybe just going to take like the Pioneer metagame and turn it into like a card list of everything that wasn't already on Arena and then just like release that as a draft format where it's like this cube of just like all the important pieces of constructed, but like not the other parts, you know, that you might need from other sets that are already on Arena and like, yeah, not not collated, <laughs> just yeah. just tons of packs you can open with all these Pioneer decks waiting to be built. Yeah, I mean, the players would love it. <laughs> They've also introduced in 2020 a cube on Arena, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which yeah, feels sweet. yeah, it's it, it's been it's been fun. It's a cube of anything that's available on Arena, which is you know as we've said through all these releases, a surprising amount of powerful things. And I think the first round of cube felt maybe a little more in the chaos draft realm like a very high powered chaos draft and this recent round of cube just feels like cube like it's yeah you know it's obviously it doesn't have power or anything but it's like it just feels feel it feels feels like a real cube in that i get my butt kicked a lot and real quick by some very powerful combinations of cards yeah the red deck is better than you think it's going to be and you open up packs and regularly you're like, well, there's eight first picks here. But yeah, this cube is fun. I have not had the opportunity to play it yet, but I have heard really positive things about it from friends. So that's my commentary on it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, the cube does not inherently have to be powerful for the cube to be fun. I mean, we've played James's Popper Cube based on Stib's list before and you know they're all they're all commons that's the whole point and it's still fun like you can play a low powered cube as long as it's balanced within itself right and (laughs) this isn't even low power right like this has some preposterously powerful stuff in it it's just only the cards that are available already on arena which is a surprisingly high number of cards and increasing all the time so yeah i I think it's i think it's fun the first time they did it i think has it been around three times because this 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 recent one is the first version of the cube to involve a lot of kaladesh cards and i don't know if they did one cube and then did it again with amonkhet cards and then this is a third time with kaladesh i honestly don't recall how many times we've seen the cube already at least twice I want to say it was just after one of the historic anthologies, but before Amon Ket. But definitely it's, you know, the first time since Kaladesh. Regardless, we're going to move on to another sort of big ancillary product that we've mentioned a couple times already, which is Secret Lair. Since introducing Secret Lair at the end of 2019, they've made more of these than I thought. (laughs) So many. I want to say 23. Did I count correctly? 20, 20 plus. Between 20 and 25. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's a lot. They did their first batch last December of like five, I think. That was like the one a day for five days. And they've just done the secret versary, which is the, which I was like, there's no way it's only been a year. Obviously, this has been happening for ages, right? Because I, 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 again, I'm having trouble with the passage of time. But the second one from last January was Year of the Rat. That was only secret layer number two. And so, I mean, without dwelling too long on each individual one, because there have been so many, we're going to quickly just mention all the ones that were released. So Year of the Rat was because it is the Year of the Rat, and it had Ink Eyes and Marrow Gnar and Pack Rat and Rat Colony with adorable, like, actual rat-looking cards and also a really cool ink eyes ink eyes did not look like a normal rat but rat colony and pack rat were just like adorable art and that was super fun yep it was really cute number three was the five pack of the theros stargazing (laughs) which was the oh yeah 
This one I regretted not buying. This one was, yeah, it was pretty cool. This one, obviously, it was the first one to have really major production delays because of COVID. But it was a pack of five headlined by the original Theros gods. So Heliod, Thassa, Erebos, Perforos, and Nylea. And then within those, basically all the other gods. So it was three per pack. So you had all 15 gods done in the constellation style of the showcase art from the Theros Beyond Death set. It was a pretty great deal to get like all these old gods in a secret lair. Yeah, it was. And then these were all done by Jason Engel. Number four was the drop for International Women's Day with Captain Cisse, Marin of Clan Neltoth, Narset, Una, and Saskia the Unyielding. Some very, very cool stuff. I remember talking at the time that this one felt a little weird because this was the same price as a normal secret lair but with a upsell but that upsell was being donated to the world association of girl guides and girl scouts and we were like i remember at the time we were talking about that it's like but it's still the same price as a you're just charging us more and then giving that money to charity so it's like if you don't want the secret lair you could just donate the money to charity like it's 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 a it's where the the lair isn't any cheaper for us yeah <laughs> Yeah, it would have been kind of sweet if they at least matched us, you know, like that's that's pretty yeah. hot if a, a company is going to be like, hey, if you donate 20 bucks when you buy this thing, we'll donate that 20 bucks too. Mm -hmm. But instead, they're like, we'll donate your 20 bucks altogether and take the tax receipt or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Like the next secret layer was Thalia Beyond the Hell Vault with four copies of Thalia Guardian of Thraben. Two with new art by Magali Villeneuve and two with new art by Johannes Voss. And all the art was sweet. Yeah. I, I mean, if you love Thalia, this was the one for you. Yeah, if you need to have the Thalias, get on it. The next one after that in time for Ikoria was the Godzilla lands. So the Plains Island Swamp Mountain Forest with Godzilla and various other Godzilla kaiju friends in the background. And I had these on Arena because you got one for free if you played in arena events and i i kind of love them i i love that godzilla is just like way in the background <laughs> like just not prominently featured in the foreground it's just like oh look there's godzilla fighting mothra like behind behind the behind those trees that's neat yeah no i i, I think that was fun yeah the next big group was the secret lair secret lair series summer super drop which sort of as a mirror to the original one in december was five different bundles that you could all get as one big bundle so there was the tattoo pack with everything designed like sailor jerry tattoos there was the heart of steel or the can you feel the heart of steel can you feel with the heart of steel can you feel with a heart of steel thank you that's it with arcbound ravager dark steel colossus and walking ballista in full art and walking ballista looking like megatron Mm -hmm. there was mountain go with four cool lightning bolts there was the path not traveled with Johnny, Domri, Tamio, and Vraska in like alt art alternate universe. Like, what if on Earth 25, I mean, not Earth, but like, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 The, the multiverse. Yeah, exactly. And ornithological studies, which was the the birds, the the five like, like uh, swan song and birds of paradise and baleful strix, but looking like they're drawn from like the so-and-so's book of book of birds. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of Audubon society art yeah. which i really enjoyed mm -hmm. this exactly. one was pretty sweet there's a lot of cool cards in it it was expensive but i got it if you got the entire summer super drop did you get the whole thing nelson the full bundle 
Yeah, so I split it. A, a buddy of mine wanted the bird one, and I wanted the tattoo one, and then the rest of them I handed to Ed to sell for me. Nice. So that means that you got you got one of the fetch lands then. Uh, yeah, although I haven't opened up that pack yet, but I, I kept that. So I have a little sleeved fetch land in my collection. I don't know which one it is. I was going to say, you don't know which one it is. Okay. Oh. So, yeah, if you got the full bundle of the Summer Super Drop, you also got one of the Fetchlands because one of the other releases in June was the Secret Lair Ultimate Edition of Marsh Flats, Scalding Tarn, Verdant Catacombs, Arid Mesa, and Misty Rainforest with alternate art by some beloved artists set on different planes than their original plane, which of course was Zendikar. And this one, was, this was interesting because this was for local game stores. But it was also really expensive. But then we talked about this in the episode when it came out. And Nelson, I believe that you had sort of figured out that it's like, yes, very expensive, but still cheaper than if you just wanted to buy all five of them. Yeah, I think we did the quick math. And like a lot of what ha- the time what happens with reprints is like, it's always great for the people who have been, you know, waiting for a reprint to buy a card or or just happen to need to buy that card anyway, because the reprints te- tend to like drive down the price of a card. And then, you know, it, it feels bad maybe if you notice that like the price you paid for the box set or whatever doesn't seem to add up like what the cards are co- cost after this been released. But if you look at what the cards cost before the set was released, you know, you got a great deal. Mm hmm. So it was it was one of those, I think. Somewhere in there, it all gets very confusing because of, of course, the coronavirus screwed up timelines for everything. There was announced the April Fool's secret lair or as its full title, Wizards of the Coast presents after great deliberation, we have compiled and remastered the greatest Magic the Gathering cards of all time ever, which was eventually released on September 11th, also in local game stores, which was new full art foil versions of Stormcrow, Goblin Snowman, and Mudhole. <laughs> and originally, of course, it was going to also contain a new art version of Squire, but that was dropped from the set for artist reasons. And they, But instead of the Squire, they included white-bordered original Tybalt. Yeah. <laughs> right. Which I'm so, I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't manage to grab one of these because whiteboarded Tybalt is frankly a hilarious like bonus include. Yeah. Pro tier troll. That's, yeah. that's like mm, very, very good. I like it a lot. And Tybalt's coming back for redemption because Tybalt's in Kaldheim. Yeah. The April Fool's one might turn out to be re- hilariously like the best investment of the year. If Tybalt <laughs> becomes like this collector's piece next year after Kaldheim and then like white bordered Tybalt suddenly pays for your set, you know? Yeah. The next one was the Prime Slime with the Slime and Ooze set of Necrotic Ooze, Acidic Slime, Scavenging Ooze, the Mimeoplasm, and Void Slime with new art from Wizard of Barge in a very sort of funky pop art style that I thought was... I I'm 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 actually like medium annoyed that I didn't manage to grab one of these because like it's not typically a kind of art style that I enjoy but for some reason it really works on these cards they're just so colorful and vibrant yeah it's just great to have some real Magic the Gathering cards from you know the epic spell wars of the battle wizards person <laughs> yeah the next one was every dog has its day with new art for rest in peace dig through time ancient grudge and lightning greaves but also the art has dogs in. <laughs> We 
we joked a lot at the time as well that it's like it's the dog one but there's no dogs it's just other cards that have dogs that have gotten into them it's like the yargle one part two <laughs> did we mention the yargle one already that came out this year didn't it i don't think we've got there yet have we oh, yeah no we we are sorry we are not quite there yet i'm sorry i was thinking the yargle one came first i haven't actually that one's not even on this list hang on i gotta i gotta look it up there was also a secret layer yargle i'm positive no no you're absolutely right it's secret this is happy yargle day this was september 3rd and yeah it was new art for anger of the gods explore fatal push opt and swords to plowshares but now also including yargle in the art and I, what what a great this is what i love about the freedom that is that they're allowed from secret layers that this is hilarious frankly I, I i love the this is the one i was annoyed i didn't get mostly for the explore <laughs> yeah the, the explore is amazing just yelling in the landscape just like it's so good yargal as a you know self-portrait painting renaissance uh thinker it reminded me so much of this scene okay everyone like in the terror uh-huh. the the tv series yeah. there's one scene where a character discovers spoilers for the several year old show now discovers the northwest passage and it's that framing right it's him like shouting in exaltation as he finds it on this like vast landscape and that's all i could think of and like i had the music playing in my head and everything Mm -hmm. but very very good i enjoyed it i thought the yargle one was very cool there was the extra life one featuring teferi's protection consecrated sphinx collected company and amulet of vigor which was all sort of involving family and children and that was in november and then unless i have missed yet further secret layers i think that brings us up to the secret versary drop or drops of the seven oh right of course the big one the 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 most controversial one of the year the walking dead yep i yep. We did a whole episode well most of an episode about it which you can go listen to and i i don't think i've changed my opinion particularly much on it nope i i i'm honestly like with the godzilla stuff it's like i'm fine with including other ips wish it had been silver bordered or the godzilla treatment where it's like it's a real magic card but we're just calling this one i can't think of any characters from the show because i don't watch it but you know what i mean yeah after after a little bit of time elapsing it turns out like you know our, our fears that some of these cards will matter in eternal formats has come true like a little bit more than i was expecting so that's a greater disappointment but you know it is what it is we've, we've talked about it there was also a Zen- Zendikar revisited one is that one on the list there's an old old cards from Zendikar secret layer oh like yeah snuck in there showcase Zendikar revisited there's so I many believe, of these i believe this was a secret layer it includes admonition angel royal elemental zulaport cutthroat warren instigator and avenger of Zendikar. that one i was also annoyed i didn't get okay yeah because those are just gorgeous i love the Zendikar showcase frames they're very very cool odd choices but someone clearly plays aristocrats <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, no, I want a fancy Zulaport cutthroat. And then finally, I believe that brings us to the secret versary drops with the Seb McKinnon artist series with Seb McKinnon art for Swamp, Sower of Temptation, Damnation, and Enchanted Evening. The Bob Ross set with lands featuring art from the late Bob Ross, two plains, two islands, two swamps, two mountains, two forests, and a Evolving Wilds. Is the Evolving Wilds only on Arena? I can't remember what the deal was with that Evolving Wilds. I've only seen it on Arena, but since Hmm. I haven't been able to play Paper Magic in this year, 
that's probably not saying much. I'm looking at two different sources and one has it listed and one doesn't. So I'm not entirely sure how that actually turned out. There was also I Hope You Like Squirrels with a bunch of squirrel related cards. There was the Box of Rocks with just a whole bunch of mana rocks with just wild, colorful, psychedelic art for those. There was the Party Hard Shred Harder with cards meant to look like very colorful metal band posters, which I I love and feel some amount of very minor small responsibility for at least popularizing Magic Carter Metal Band. Uh, I, I talked about this on Twitter, actually. The reason that we went with Magic Carter Metal Band in that episode of Friday Nights, checks notes seven years ago, or however Oof. however long ago it was. I, I, it was, well, we certainly started, hang on. Yep, August 4th, 2013. Cool. The, the reason that we used that is because there had been a popular joke going around on twitter i think mostly of use a magic card to describe your most recent bowel movement (laughs) right right and so it was you know stuff like the twists and intestinal turns of fate yeah it was you know like twilight mire or verdant catacombs or you know just like yeah cling to darkness yeah exactly and shockingly he said with immense sarcasm the editorial department at Watsi to whom we submitted the Friday night scripts was like, could you not <laughs> do the poop <laughs> related right. to the magic cards joke, please? And so we had to come up with an alternative. And then we we came up at least independently at the time. I don't know if anyone else had done it prior, but we at least came up with Magic Carter Metal Band and put it in the put it in the episode. And so I was I was very excited to see to see these i can attest that that same joke has like cropped up at yellow jacket you know independently of of Mm -hmm. our work and you know not that we were trying to make content out of it but just like i've been in conversations with people who've like noticed so probably i'm not the only one yeah and i think that was it (laughs) that was certainly all the secret layers i think that was all the products i mean there was the usual like sort of challenger decks and starter decks and deck masters toolkits and stuff that come out every year but yeah, that was a lot. I mean, beyond actual products, you know, if we're talking like a full year in review, there was also the pro series of, you know, Mythic Championships, which frankly, I have a tough time keeping a handle on following these days, as witnessed by that episode where we were completely baffled by the structure and having to look it up as we were recording and trying to get a handle on things. Very embarrassing. And I mean, yeah, there was there was a lot. There was a lot going on with Magic, even beyond just simply the the products being released this year. And this is coming from people who, you know, ostensibly do a podcast about all the things that happened in the world of Magic. And it was a lot to keep up on. Was this was this too much? This was too much. (laughs) I, I hope I'm not overstepping here, but this I feel you could have this amount of releases and it would still be an awful lot of Magic to keep up with. This felt really overwhelming, to be honest. And I, I mean, I can definitely see a rationale for things like the 20 plus secret lair releases of throwing things at the wall and seeing what sticks. But oh, buddy, this is all stupid magic releases. Yeah, it's a lot. I'm kind of fine with it. I sort of like the idea, like, you know, 
five years ago, before my kids were born, I was working in LGS or and often showing up on my days off. So I'm like at a store playing magic, like almost every day, pretty regularly. And that's great. And I, I was really on top of all the releases, you know, before I started working at Yellow Jacket, even I was like reading all of the, the previews, like and just like trying to learn all of the cards in the set for limited before I could even get my hands on them. And then eventually I kind of wanted to be able to step away and be surprised by what was in the packs again. And this year really delivers that, you know. So the only problem for me is like, as long as you, the listener, are happy with us learning like what cards came out and what magic releases, because there's a new one every week, almost like, you know, while we're on the podcast, just like learning in real time (laughs) while we're telling you about them and trying to form our opinions about them immediately in real time. As long as that's not a problem, then I'm comfortable. We're used to four to eight maybe sets coming out in a year and we like go play with them or at least read them and learn about them and then we come to the podcast and talk about them and you know that might not be the way of the future but i kind of i don't know i i don't at least thinking about it like imagining it i don't hate a world where sets come out i have no idea what's in the set like someone plays a card on the other side of the table and i'm like oh what's that oh what's that expansion symbol where the heck is this from like i think it'd be funny if there's even more secretness to the secret layer it's like there is a new secret layer each week but you need to like you need to like be in the right place at the right time like it's like a secret show like you need to find out where the drop is going to be like it's a physical drop you know and there's like might not be one in your town let's get even weirder with it that would upset so many people i mean it's a great idea it's It's such a dumb idea no it's a horrible idea it's a super funny idea i like i like the concept but woof (laughs) yeah you thought magic twitter was mad before (laughs) wait till they hire nelly for the brand team (laughs) yeah this was i mean especially when you know you run down the list of secret layers it definitely it between you know, between June and, and August, it felt okay. But for a while there, at the beginning of the year, it was like, didn't we just have one? <laughs> Wasn't there just a secret layer, like, just yesterday? What, how was, you know, when it gets to the point of, like, we're announcing, it's like, we've announced this one, but before that one even is available, we're also announcing the next one. And, you know, and it's like, I you could pump the brakes a little bit, maybe. On the other hand, being sort of, you know, stuck at home as we were, I've enjoyed frequent refresh of fun stuff to do on Arena, so... There's that at least. I think maybe in a year where there's not a global pandemic, the like release schedule might not seem quite as bad because the shipping will be a bit faster. Yeah, that's true. I like the Commander Collection. I hope we see more of those. I like when they let Secret Lair allow them to really let their hair down and do goofy stuff. I like the Commander decks tied in with the sets that allow fleshing out of the stuff in the sets without sort of screwing up other formats. And I like when they experiment, even if they get it wrong. And these are all things that 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 we saw. I mean, honestly, among all the products, the, purely the products that we talked about, there's very few things that we've discussed that I consider a, a wild miss. So, you know, at, at least this too many products has been entertaining to play with. You know what else is entertaining to play with? Cardkingdom.com forward slash loading ready run. It's great. You can just go to that website, put in our affiliate code, tell them we sent you, they'll send you a button, you know, and then you can play with your button. It says uh, Omnath was ejected. And I I actually sincerely want to give a personal shout out to all of our members on Patreon who help us keep doing this. This is a weird year to continue your subscriptions, you know, like keep keep subscribing to us on Twitch and keep keep helping us out on Patreon and subscribing on YouTube and like all the ways that you help us out. But I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree with that. I appreciate also that Nelson using the improv rules of realizing that a given scene 
is going to be the biggest laugh you can get ending the scene. And you were like, that sounds like a great place to wrap up. I'm just going to go into talking about Card Kingdom. I appreciate that. I felt like I didn't have any other good segues this show, so I wanted to have at least one. (laughs) Got to end the year on a strong segue. I appreciate that. And yeah, I want to echo that as well. Just thanks, everybody. As we said, when this whole pandemic thing started happening, that, you know, please take care of yourselves. You do not have to ever validate or excuse having to stop your your support of us. You know, we understand. But for those who have been able to continue with us, we, we really appreciate it. So thank you so much. We are probably going to be taking the next week off for the holidays, as uh, most of us are going to be doing Christmassy things. But we will be back again with you very soon to probably be talking right into Kaldheim. We're going to be talking about Kaldheim stuff uh, pretty quick. And yeah, when we come back to you in January, we'll have probably more information on the Kaldheim pre-pre-release because as we recently announced on Twitter, we have been confirmed for pre-pre-releases through 2021, which we're very, very excited about. And we have have some new potential ways to make them even more fun, we hope. We'll see. (laughs) Can't promise it, but we're going to try. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Until next time, I have been Graham, joined by Nelson. Happy New Year. And Cameron. Happy New Year. James runs the card reader. Jordan edits these. Heather does podcast admin for us. And thank you to everyone listening. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye.